My name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to episode number eight of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. Because what the world needs is a new kind of leader. Hi, friends. I am so thrilled to be sharing this next solo episode with you. And the intention for these episodes is to explore topics that I think are really pertinent right now. And honestly, just to share transparently around what's up and alive for me, where I'm meeting my own growth edge, how I'm thinking about things, and where I'm choosing to place my focus and my attention, weaving together teachings that I've found really helpful and beneficial for me on the path, hopefully to inspire and bring insight to you in your own journey. And these episodes are for you if you genuinely want to inspire real change on this planet, holding space in a multitude of ways for this time of great transition we are all moving through. And I share these episodes for the leaders of our time, the warriors of the heart tribe, walking the medicine path. Because as we know, these are incredibly trying times. And I think at times like this, it's really worth asking ourselves what we are choosing to pay attention to. What are you focusing on in your life right now? In what direction are you shining your light of awareness? And this is what we're going to be focusing on in this episode, exploring the topics of truth and triggers, which will lead me to share some pretty blunt advice that I received a few months back that's had a really big impact on me around this notion of getting right with yourself and why this just might be the best or the highest use of our attention and our focus, especially right now. And I think it's worth considering that our awareness is one of our most valuable resources and most precious assets. And that awareness is literally like a key that we can use to unlock an inner doorway to our own freedom and liberation. And I think really the follow-up question to this is to ask yourself, what's truly important to you right now? What do you care about? What matters to you? And I think this is so important for us to be asking ourselves about what we're choosing to focus on and what we care about, because where we place our attention is literally the content for which we create the stories of our lives. And as we know, what we focus on grows, but it's also how we're contributing to the collective story, which feels equally important right now. And it feels like there's this royal toss-up of just so much upheaval. And I talked about this in my last solo episode, number four, which was all about making peace with impermanence. And so refocusing on what's important not only acts as our inner compass, but it offers us an anchoring rod to help give us resilience to show up and hold space for these times of great change, not just for ourselves, but for those around us showing up in the work that we do in acts of service to others and to humanity. And I think it's just so incredibly easy to get super caught up and focus all of our attention outwards on the drama of everything that's unfolding right now. As we know, we don't have to look very far for reasons to be angry or upset on just so many levels, politically, economically, and otherwise. There's so much widespread suffering unfolding on the planet right now. And for people who are bridge workers, leaders on any level, it's easy to just want to react and do what we can, which of course has its time and place. 
But it's easy to get hooked and wrapped up in this outward focus, specifically fueling stories about what we believe is right or wrong, who we think is right or wrong, who we agree or disagree with. And when we cling to our tightly held beliefs about, well, everything, the way things should be, we get swept up in the chaos of the upheaval which can be very destabilizing and so disorienting, especially when we allow ourselves to get deeply triggered by what we see unfolding, of course, based on our internal stories and beliefs. And we know the whirlwind that we can get caught up in when we allow ourselves to react from this really deeply triggered place. And when we're triggered, essentially what we're doing is we're closing ourselves off. We're creating a barrier between ourselves and other people, which essentially is the opposite of helping and showing up to hold space for so many people struggling through this time in a good way. And what I'm pointing to here is the path of the Bodhisattva, which is a path that I deeply resonate with. The teachings around this are just so profound. And this is someone who genuinely wants to wake up and dedicate their lives to awakening to contribute to the awakening of humanity. And so that moment that we feel triggered is that moment that we shut down and we centralize into self. We're spiraling into self-absorption in a way. And so the training is teaching ourselves how to maintain a sense of openness. And my favorite teacher, Pema Chodron, frames this as strengthening our capacity to maintain an open attentiveness to whatever is arising in the present moment. And of course, this is much easier said than done. This really takes a lifetime of practice. But what I find interesting, and just as a side note, I think it's fascinating that one of the primary benefits we receive from plant medicines and psychedelics is that they lend themselves to shifting a personality trait known as openness, which can help us stay more open-minded in those moments when we need it the most to whatever's unfolding without as much of a need to cling to our personal storylines and defend those storylines. And what I think these times are asking of us, especially the leaders and the change makers of our time, is to cultivate an inner fortitude so when all the chaos of upheaval is swirling around us, we can find ourselves in the eye of the storm, maintaining our center, staying grounded as we practice taking our seat within the center of an open heart and an open mind. And we cultivate this posture of non-reactivity, this open attentiveness to whatever is arising in the present moment. And I believe this is where we really truly align with our power and our strength to influence real foundational change in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And so it's not about not doing anything about what's happening, but it's about showing up from this place of openness and non-reactivity that I think makes all the difference. And so part of the training to prevent ourselves from getting totally knocked off center, which is really what happens the moment we get triggered and we react from that triggered place, requires that we rein in our attention and start to bring a lot of discernment to what we choose to focus on. And there's something really interesting and pertinent that I want to share with you about this. In every given moment, we're exposed to something in the vicinity of a billion bits of data, like raw sensory information that we're exposed to. Yet we only process a very small fraction of that. Some say about 2,000 bits of data, 
I've also read some research that says as low as like 150 bits of data. But either way, out of a billion bits, there's like a tiny, tiny amount the brain is processing in any given moment. And this makes sense, right? There's a mechanism called sensory gating. And Aldous Huxley talked about this in his book, The Doors of Perception, calling it the reduction valve. And the thalamus plays a role in this. And so essentially, the brain blocks out a lot of information, the majority of information, so we can just focus on what's important and not become completely debilitated by sensory information overload. And so the question then becomes, well, what do we habitually pay attention to? And habitually is the key word here, because just as we create habits of body, we also create habits of mind. But we tend to not realize that what we pay attention to also becomes a habit. And so there's two levels to this question. And we touched on this in the really fascinating conversation I had with psychedelic neuroscientist Manesh Gurn in episode number five. And so we first and foremost pay attention to anything in our fields that is related to our survival. The human organism is designed to survive, which in our world today fosters this natural predisposition to focus on what's not working, what's wrong, what we need to fear and be afraid of. And this is well-researched and documented. And in the field of psychology, it's called the negativity bias. And this is why it's so easy to get hooked, as I mentioned, in all the drama unfolding around us right now. And then the second part to this question in terms of what information we process comes down to this simple line that we see what we believe. We pay attention to what we already believe to be true. And we are constantly looking for information to confirm that belief, that bias, because that process is much more energy efficient. And I mean, there is so much that we could unpack around this notion that we see what we believe. But when you really think about it, it just has such huge implications and ramifications for our lives. And there's a model in neuroscience called predictive coding that discusses this. And we also touch on this in episode number five with Manesh. And this model essentially points to how much our present moment is so heavily influenced by our past. And in the last episode, I had the privilege to speak with Dr. Bruce Lipton, author of Biology of Belief. And he really gets into this in his own work, that the majority of our beliefs that were handed to us as children are self-limiting and that we're given or imprinted with these root programs that then run on autopilot and influence the rest of our lives which is why we all have the experience of witnessing specific patterns repeatedly unfold in our lives every single day, even if they cause us a lot of pain and don't line up or support what we're consciously wanting to create. And of course, so many of our patterns remain hidden outside of our perceptual field of awareness, tucked away in the depths of our subconscious mind. So one analogy is that it's like we're given a box as children that has a lid with little shape cutouts on the top of it. And we're told that everything we experience and perceive, all the data that we're exposed to, you know, all one billion bits in any given moment, we need to reach out and only grab the information that has the same shape as the cutout on the lid so we can fit the data in our pre-existing box. And we literally spend our entire lives doing this, relentlessly validating what we believe to be true. And this is why everyone on both ends of the political extreme, for example, feel justified in what they believe and why they're right and everyone else is wrong. 
And so when we keep looking out, we just keep reinforcing what we already believe to be true. We're stuck in this perceptual loop of self-confirmation and self-validation. And it's how we're directly contributing to the ongoing division and polarization that we're witnessing. So if we're committed to rising above the division and stepping out as a leader who is willing to move beyond sides, political or otherwise, you know, people are polarized around just about everything these days. And so dedicating to walk this path, we choose to train our minds to focus on unity, to shine our light of awareness, to seek out the common ground that we all stand on. And this is what I believe is worth paying attention to. And I think for me, the irony is, at least in my experience, that this kind of training, this warriorship, requires that we shift our focus away from constantly looking out. And I mean this literally. And instead, we commit to a practice of turning our attention inwards, our awareness inwards. And we look for that common ground by first and foremost learning how to befriend ourselves. Again, so much easier said than done. And this process of befriending ourselves, making peace with our shadow sides, our flaws, all of our inadequacies, we realize just how human we are. And we slowly start to soften our hearts and open towards accepting just how human everyone else is too. And just like you and me, everyone else is trying their best to make sense of these radical times we are living through. And just like you and me, everyone else gets triggered and reacts to defend their models of reality. This is what humans do. And we start to have compassion. And through this process, maybe, just maybe, we choose to focus our attention and our awareness on fostering kindness, real genuine kindness for ourselves and our fellow humans. And this process is really a lifelong journey. And it doesn't have to do with anybody else. Commenting on what other people are doing is not required here. And this is, again, easier said than done, especially when you start to see the way the mind and ego identity is constantly trying to defend its position, its model of reality, its story of what's true. That's the solid ground we're relentlessly trying to find to stand on, as I talked about in my last solo episode. And so these teachings are applied in the everyday nitty-gritty moments of our lives. We don't have to look very far for reasons to be triggered, whether it's someone saying something out there in social media or someone close to us that we love. And so I'll just share on a personal level, a few months ago when Noah and I were choosing to separate after nine years of marriage, I was on the phone with one of our mutual friends and I was seeking advice and guidance on how to prevent my marriage from completely falling apart. And I was explaining to him what I felt like Noah was doing that felt hurtful, you know, seeking validation on where I was justified. And he paused and then what he said was somewhat blunt and like mildly jolting and it just totally struck me. And he said, Laura Dawn, all you need to do is get right with yourself. That's it. That's all everyone needs to do right now is get right with themselves. And actually later that night, I sat with the medicine and this pith and poignant advice opened up a gateway into a much needed perceptual shift because it immediately drew my attention and my focus off Noah and towards myself. 
looking at how I've been showing up and taking radical responsibility for that. And I think this is one of the big reasons plant medicines are showing up in such a big way right now. They're like extending out a hand, inviting us to take a pause from focusing on the outside world and inviting us to go inside, saying, look at what's in here, inside your own mind. Get to know that. Learn how to work well with your own mind, which is why I think plant medicines go so well with the Buddhist teachings, because those teachings are all about learning to work with our own minds. And so plant medicines help us to question our beliefs and to shake up these models of reality. And so that night, the message I received from the medicine was just so clear. The medicine was like, girl, you need to pay attention. You need to peel back all the layers of everything that is filling your life right now. All the things you're creating and working on, all the layers of your relationship with Noah, with your family, with everyone you know, peeling back all the layers of all the stuff and things you're filling your life with, layers of beliefs, layers of behavioral patterns, everything. Peel all those layers back and connect to the core essence of who you are and focus on making peace with that. Get good with that right there. Make friends with that. And this instruction from the medicine just offered so much clarity. It was like, all you need to focus on right now is making whatever necessary adjustments you need to make to get into right relationship with yourself. Focus your attention there. Pay attention to that. And then start to make those adjustments. Have the conversations you need to have to bring closure or healing to a relationship. Find the place to live that supports your highest alignment. Seek out the support you need to align with your healing. Whatever it is, focus on that, on making those adjustments in your life. And this just isn't about anyone else but ourselves in this process of getting right with ourselves. Because the moment I get fixated on judging what other people are doing or not doing for that matter, whether it's my partner or someone out there in the social sphere, I get pulled away from the only thing I have control over, which is how I choose to show up in my own life, the words that I use, the actions that I choose. And I believe this is not only the best place to lead our lives from, but it's the only thing we can really do to actually influence real change, the change we wish to see transpire on this planet. And so we need to find our own truth through this time. And I'm not talking about buying into one version of a collective truth. I'm talking about your core truth and then having the courage to shape and mold your life in a way that aligns with that truth. Tuning into this core truth of who you are and using that as your internal compass. And by doing this, can you also then allow space for others to do the same? In the honoring of your core truth, can you respect other people honoring theirs? And so I invite you to reflect on where you need to get right with yourself and what that means to you. And this question offers us some guidance circling all the way back to the beginning, supporting us in orienting ourselves towards paying attention to what's really important to each of us and the work that's only ours to do here. So I invite you to reflect on these questions. What do you care about? What's really important to you? Where are you out of alignment in your life? Where are you not in vibrational resonance with your core truth? And what steps do you need to take to get back into deeper alignment with the essence of who you are? 
what do you stand for in this life? What's preventing you from either listening to your core truth or following through on taking steps that bring you into right relationship with yourself? And this is like advanced training. This is like, you know, this is real legit Jedi mind training, mind and heart training. (laughs) But I believe it's the medicine for our time. And it's what these times are asking of us. And it does require a lot of dedication and practice. And so what's worth paying attention to here is patience for ourselves and others. We choose to shine our light of awareness on compassion and kindness for ourselves and others forgiveness and acceptance for ourselves and others. And this is what I mean when I say awareness offers us a key to unlock our own freedom and liberation. And we hold that key. And so that night after that journey that I shared about earlier, I got on my yoga mat and I turned on a song that has become sort of my theme song for this whole topic around getting right with yourself, peeling back those layers and finding our core truth. And it's a song by one of my dear sisters, Annie Mae Willis, called I'm On To You. And it's all about tuning into our own truth. And so I'm going to leave you with that song. But before I do, I just want to invite you to reach out and connect with me through Instagram at D. If you haven't yet checked out my free eight-day microdosing course, you can find that on my freebies tab of my website. I also have an eight-hour playlist for Psychedelic Journeys and Beyond. And if you feel like leaving me a review on iTunes, I would so appreciate that. And also, if you want to get in touch, feel free to reach out through my website, livefreelauraD.com. And feel free to share with me how you're liking these episodes. Once again, my name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. Until next time. I take a stand unto you for what you hold true, oh, truth. I'm on to you. I'm talking about truth, capital T, not your story, set yourself free. I'm saying you can stand tall on the platform of your soul, yeah, truth. divine source, yeah, truth. I'm on to you. Every time you close your eyes, look within. You just might find the answers to Yeah.
Stand unto you for what you hold true, oh true. 